Hey, and good morning, Prescott, and welcome to another show, Prescott Talks. I'm the host, Glenn Martin, and you know what? We're actually starting on time today because I've got Larry Jacobs today. Larry is, uh, well, first of all, Larry's a friend of mine. We both go to CTC, and we've known each other for several years. A um, little bit of history with Larry. He's, uh, uh, number one, he was a combat veteran in Vietnam. He is a uh, retired lieutenant from Phoenix PD, and he's also... Um, involved with the uh, Employer Support and Guard and Reserve Program. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And this is a program that supports our veterans and our guards. And I'm going to let Larry talk about it. But um, I, you know, he talked to me about it. And I thought this was something that I wanted to get out on the show because uh, a lot of people know we, you know, this show, I and including me, we support our veterans and we support our community. So Without any further ado, Larry Jacobs, well, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you, Glenn. And anytime I get an opportunity to talk about ESGR, which stands for Employer Support for the Guard and Reserve, I'm more than happy to do that. And it's great living here in Prescott because I'll tell you what, Prescott is a very veteran-friendly community. Our mayor, many of the folks here have done so many things that uh, we're just getting veterans uh, as they retire and so forth coming here in droves and we love them and it's a great opportunity. But what I wanna talk today about is employer support for the Guard and Reserve and give you a, a little background and we have our brand out there and I always like to refer to people to go to our website which is www.esgr.mil because anything you wanna know about ESGR, you can get off that website. But we have been around a long time. We started back in 1972, and we actually work with the Department of Defense. It's a Department of Defense agency. It was started during the Nixon era. And the reason that we came to be was because in 1972, we did away with the draft. Mm -hmm. When we did away with the draft, we had to become more reliant, more dependent upon our National Guard and Reserve component members, which have been around since 1917 when they made the National Guard Act. So uh, with that, since we were becoming more reliant and dependent on them, we had problems mm -hmm. because uh, they were being called upon, called to duty, and going out uh, with their units, and many of them were coming back, they didn't have jobs or anything, so we needed to afford some protections to them. And that's a lot of what ESGR has worked on for many years. So from the time of inception with Nixon in 72, uh, we have become totally reliant on, on the Guard and Reserve. Just to give you an idea, 42% of our military component right now is made up of Guard and Reserve members. Mm -hmm. We have about 1.2, million uh, active duty personnel in the military services and 885,000 are Guard and Reserve members. Mm -hmm. So you can see with that kind of a compliment, uh, they're a big part of our military service and have been for many, many years now. Uh, from the Vietnam War after that on, we have been calling Reserve Active Duty and it, we've, we've gotten problems as a result of that. So we have three main branches in ESGR that we focus on. We have a military outreach branch, we have an employer's outreach branch, and then we have an ombudsman service that mediates. Uh, we used to also have a employment uh, component to that, but uh, with the advent of a lot of changes, we're not finding any of our military guard and reservist members now mm -hmm. having problems with employment. So we now work very close with DES, with Arizona at work, and uh, facilities like that and uh, they're very veteran friendly and we can do things along those lines. So just to be clear, so uh, uh, 
somebody gets out of the military or, or out of the reserve, they come and see you. They come and see, and, and you guys help them with their employment. You uh, have employers waiting for veterans. Is that... Well, uh, not so much I, there. The We're, reason I ask that, Larry, yeah. is because a lot of times I hear there's so... You know, right now, you know, in our economy, the Trump economy, as mm -hmm. I call it, you know, uh, the veterans are, and a lot of people are not having a hard time finding the job. No. They're able to get in right away. I was watching uh, Black Rifle Coffee, an interview mm -hmm. on uh, Fox News the other day, and um, they're a veteran-based coffee maker. And they said, we can't get enough veterans, but we're, built, we're, we're growing so fast that they're now starting to hire civilians. Are you finding that out? In, in well, your yeah, and, and we work very close. I, I know that you know Patrick Kirkendall. He works with DES, with the veterans over there at DES for employment. And he is very instrumental in working and getting any jobs if we do have. We primarily focus, you know, we'll never turn a veteran away, but our primary focus is on Guard and Reserve members. Gotcha. Uh, and that's what we focus on. And like I say, the employment sector right now is not an issue. So most of what we do is the military outreach where we go out and talk to our veterans to make sure that they know what their USERA rights are because a lot of things have changed with the advent of USERA laws that have come into place in 1994. USERA laws. What, what, okay, USERA is an acronym that stands for Uniform Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act. So many things have happened that there are so many protections built into a Guard or Reserve member right now when it comes to their employment. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll never have an issue where they come back now and not be able to get their job back. In fact, they continue to accrue all their seniority, all their pay benefits, everything goes, even though if they're not there, if they're serving in the military, those things continue to accrue for them. There are even some employers, like I say, that have gone above and beyond what's required by law and continue to pay them or give them up to 240, sometimes more hours toward their military service. So what we do is we work with the with the uniform services members to make them aware what their employment, what their what the laws are. And these laws, are, you know, they're pretty well delineated under the United States Code under Title 38, United States Code uh, Chapter 4303. That, along with then you have uh, Code of Federal Regulations under Title 20. And these pretty well delineate, you know, you can't discriminate against a military service member. Uh, and that includes discriminating if they work for you and they want to join the military. You mm -hmm. can't discriminate. Oh, yeah. So their job will be protected and that protection comes through the Department of Labor. Gotcha. So we act as an advocate for the employer as well as the service member. A lot of times we find employers are not aware of the, of the USERA laws mm -hmm. and we help educate them. Uh, to make sure they stay in compliance and they don't get uh, an investigation by the Department of Labor. Nobody wants that. <laughs> and, and yeah, really. Now, um, what kind of jobs are, are you finding veterans going into? I mean, is there any particular area, whether it's construction or, or, or professional jobs? or? Well, when we talk about the Guard and Reserve, and we'll say veterans because we're talking two different things. Our veterans are going in a multitude of jobs because there's so many services now that are set up for them uh, when they get out of the service that they can go into and whatever they want to go into. Uh, obviously, there's a high need for construction now. That's mm -hmm. one of the big jobs and a lot of the labor jobs that are out there. But there's a multitude of jobs. When we talk about our Guard and Reservement, they are in just about every job you can conceivably think of. And not only are they in those jobs, and some are highly professional. I mean, they could be um, pilots for the airlines, they could be police officers, firefighters, 
And what's, what's unique about the Guard and Reserve is they can have high-level jobs in the military, too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the old adage is for Guard and Reserve, you know, it's only one weekend a month. Yeah. And two weeks out of the year, unfortunately, depending upon the job you get in nowadays, that may not be the case. Yeah, yeah. You, you may have to go, like if you're a pilot now out here, and we have many uh, pilots that some can be firefighters, some can be law enforcement officers, some can be pilots at some of the airlines, but they, ha they come from, oh, we had one that was a, a U.S. attorney. So mm -hmm. they come from a multitude of jobs, but they have to maintain their certification. So they may have to go out four times a month. Uh, AFTPs, we call right. them, just to do their flying to keep their certification to, up. To but, be current. And correct. it's that way in a lot of the military components. But when I talk about the Guard and Reserve, you know, I want to talk about a lot of people think it's just the four main branches of the service, mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, the Army Reserve, the Air Force Reserve, the Navy Reserve, the Marine Reserve, and the Coast Guard Reserve. But we, we also look at two other branches, and that is the... <clears throat> the um, Army National Guard mm -hmm. and the Air Force National Guard. So, and they're they're broken down. So we actually have seven different services mm -hmm. that comprises uh, what we look at for ESGR. And the difference is they can be, you know, like your reserve units are only going to be on federal orders, and their commander in chief, of course, is the president of the United States, mm -hmm. and that's on Title Ten. But when you look at the Air National Guards, they're under the direction of the governor of the state. Yeah. So they're on Title 32 orders. So yeah. the governor can use those people, and he does. He's, we've got people right now from not only the Air Force you know, Air National Guard, but the Army National Guard down on the border, working on the border for protection. So you're, so you're a reservist, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get orders that you're going to be activated. And I think we just had mm -hmm. a company come back from Afghanistan That's right here in uh, Arizona. That was the 158 Charlie Company here in Prescott. Right. Uh, they were over there for quite some time. We've got the 455th, the military, the military police unit up mm -hmm. at uh, at Camp Navajo. Mm -hmm. You know, they went down to Guantanamo. So they're yeah. constantly being done. That's another yeah. misnomer that, you know, because you're because you <laughs> have one weekend a month. You know, yeah, and, that and may they, turn into something much bigger, right? Well, yeah, and they think because you're guard, you don't do anything. Well, that's mm -hmm. not true because many times over they know the guardsmen and reservists have already spent their four or six years in the military now in their guard and they're much more experienced. So just to give you an idea, since 9-11, we've had over 970,000 activations of yeah. guard and reserve. And on any given day, there's probably about 30,000 guard or reserve throughout the United States that are deployed somewhere. And when I say United States, because we operate not only in the 50 states, but we also operate in the four territories. I, I don't think, you know, and I talked to the audience here, mm -hmm. do you not know anybody who has been activated? Because I mean, uh, or, or a unit that's been activated somewhere. Mm -hmm. Because I can, I mean, right here at home, of course, but uh, different places that I know and people that I know, their, their reserve unit has been activated. We've gone over in the Middle East somewhere, mm -hmm. did their job and came back home. As a matter of fact, one of our, our, our uh, people right here in Prescott, John Palladini, he's, he's over there right now. He's a reservist. He's, and, a, he's in the Army National Guard uh -huh. and he's a Lieutenant Colonel. Uh -huh. And uh, in fact, an interesting story about uh, Mr. Palladini is the fact that he was hired when he was activated and they actually uh, interviewed him here at Prescott over Skype. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, and these are some of the USERA laws that we have in place that continue to allow people to take promotional exams, say they're a police officer and they want to take a sergeant's mm-hmm. exam and they've been deployed for enduring freedom or Iraqi freedom or something else. The provisions are set up now yeah. where they still are allowed to be involved in those promotional processes while they're deployed. You know, it, it, and it's a shame that we have to have a law to do that because that's yeah. the right thing to do. It know? is the right thing when to do. When somebody steps up and is going to protect mm-hmm. our country and our Absolutely. freedoms. You know what? We, we need to do whatever we can to further their career and when they come home because, you know, Lord willing, they will be home and, uh, and part of our community. And, and I can tell you uh, from the Vietnam era up to now, uh, there have been deployments that you can't believe. I, I had the privilege of serving the 161st Air Refueling Wing uh, down at uh, Sky Harbor International Air Force. It's now called the Goldwater Air National Guard Base. And I was in that unit from 1977 to 1998 for 21 years. And I know myself, working for the Phoenix Police Department at the time, I was activated uh, during the Gulf War, the jet of Saudi Arabia. And I was there just under six months because we had to initially go over there, set up all the refueling tracks, get everything in place so that when the war did kick out on January 17, 1991, everything was in place. And probably about five days after that, uh, we were able to go home because uh, there wasn't any more airplanes, there wasn't any more problems that Uh uh, the ground forces had to go in and clean up the rest. So, you know, it's and, and at that time we had 300 people in the Phoenix Police Department that were deployed. Yeah. So that's yeah. hard for an employer when you have those kinds of numbers that leave all at once. And it's not so hard for the police department because they, they're, they have, they're fortunate enough to have 3,000 cops. But mm-hmm. when you're a mom and pop operation that only have three employees and two yeah. have to leave, yeah. it's pretty hard. Yeah. You've got to replace you with somebody. Good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So uh, some of the things that um, uh, ESGR helps with the veteran and one of the things you were talking about was mediation right. so if um, they're having an issue at work or or the employer is unhappy about something mm-hmm. that employer or the employee the the member can come see you guys and kind of mediate that problem yeah what we have on our website um, we have a usera drop down and and we we teach this to not on the military outreach portion we're always telling our employees out there what their USERA rights are. We do the same when we go out and do what we call breakfast with bosses where we bring bosses in from major business operations or we go out and do interviews or we do boss lifts where we take the bosses up in an airplane, do in-flight refueling. We do all those kinds of things and one of the reasons we do that is we get that opportunity to talk to them too, make them aware of USERA laws, make them aware of what their responsibilities are as employers, just as we do with our servicemen, make them aware of what their responsibilities are as the military portion to their employers. We wanna maintain these relationships with the employee and employers so that it is a good working condition. And sometimes we have rifts, mm-hmm. and when we have rifts, we need to work those things through so that somebody doesn't go and make a complaint with the Department of Labor that causes an investigation. And we do that through our ombudsman service so that the employer and or the employee can actually request mediation so that we can go in and resolve whatever conflict may be present in the workplace and see if we can get some resolution to that without it going 
outside. And we're pretty effective. About 80% 80, 80 of the complaints that we do get in through ESGR, and again, that's through the Department of Defense, are mediated successfully, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't require someone to make a formal complaint to the Department or to the Department of Labor. So if anybody has any questions for Larry, by all means in that comment section, go ahead and type that out. And uh, I have Rob over here running the computers and the cameras and, and uh, we will get that question too, Larry, if you have any questions at all about, you know, how to get involved with this, you know, both as a, a reservist or if you want to be involved with this as a veteran, uh, mm -hmm. somebody who might... Do you take people on? To, uh... Oh, yeah. We're constantly looking for additional volunteers. Yeah. Many of the folks that we do get obviously have had some military experience, but we have many people working right now with the state ESGR. We, and we have roughly right around 60 employees that cover the entire state. Mm -hmm. And we're responsible for a lot of different activities. If we're getting a deployment we, or we're getting a group coming back, we have a yellow ribbon group that puts together to welcome them back, or we have a yellow ribbon that, that goes out with them uh, and prepares them to leave mm -hmm. so that their family won't be high and dry. Right. And we act as a source, a resource that can come and assist in those things. And we also encourage the employers to do that too, because sure. that's another aspect that's very important. When our uh, Guard or Reservist uh, members get deployed, that family stays here. Yeah. And, you know, we have to work with keeping everything at home, you know, taken care that's of. Right. So we're always looking for assistance in that area. And, and, and that's a good point, Larry, because, you know, I know a lot of people that are watching this right now or later on, uh, we're retired and it's something that you want to give back to your community and especially give back to our veterans that have given us so much to mm -hmm. get. I mean, you know, every time we close out this show, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our veterans. You know, we, we wouldn't be able to to talk and, and be able to meet like this um, under the flag of freedoms that were provided. So if you feel some kind of compassion that you want to get involved with this, Larry, what's a phone number that they can get a hold of you? Or you already gave a website. Is there any other? Um, well, I, and I always put my own home phone out there. It's uh, You want not, to do that, Larry? Oh, yeah. I, no, no <laughs> I, I A do lot that. of us I'm really a, do know you, Larry. <laughs> I, I have it on my business card, and I have uh -huh. my cell phone on there, too. But it's 928-632-8096. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more than happy. I've got two people right now uh, that have come, and, and they want to get involved. And part of our problem right now is just like anything else. You know, we work on a, a federal... Uh, system when it comes to our budgeting. So our fiscal year starts October 1st. So uh -huh. now it's a procurement and getting the money in there and getting a lot of things so right. that we can prepare our volunteers. But we have a pretty stringent program in terms of training of our volunteers. We do train them, uh, and especially if they become an ombudsman, we send them to specialized schools mm -hmm. where they'll go for three days and learn how to mediate different situations that come on. Even our military outreach uh, specialist and our our um, employers outreach specialists are trained. We uh, go out to groups, we do presentations with PowerPoint slides that will tell you more about what it is that we yeah. do and the kinds of involvement we have. But I also wanna talk a little bit about what we wanna give back to the community too because mm -hmm. we have so many excellent employers out there that take care of our Guard and Reserve members and we wanna recognize them. We have a very vibrant awards program uh, and it starts at usually at the military member. They contact us on the website and they tell us how great their employer is. And then we go out 
uh, during a staff meeting or something at their workplace, and we present them with a Patriotic Supervisor Award. Very nice framed award. Uh, and then we have several that go above that. Yeah. So depending upon the particular uh, employment group that, that might be there and what they do, there's a whole merit of, uh, of additional awards, probably seven or eight, which leads up to the highest awards, and that's open right now yeah. from October 1st through December 31st is for our service members to put in their respective employer for what's called the Freedom Award. And we only are giving out 15 of those a year, and they're, they're broken down five in, in three different categories. One is for businesses, I think, under 20 employees, and then one is for businesses above that, and then one is for governmental sector. And we're given five, and it's called the Freedom Award, and it's actually presented to the employer. They fly them to the Department of Defense, to the Pentagon. Mm. The Department of Defense secretary presents them with the award. It's a pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. And uh, we've had several here in the state of Arizona. In the last 10 years, I think we've had seven. Do we have that award ceremony right here in Prescott? I mean, is there a ceremony, like for mm -hmm. example, if somebody's a local business person has yes. a veteran and that veteran puts that in, do you have it like localized? And yes. the reason I'm asking this, Larry, is because as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, next time you have that, I think it's important that we expose the, the, the employers who support our veterans mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to grab Rob over here with the camera and go out there and show that and, yeah. and, and involve um, this show, Prescott Talks, and, 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 and have that um, employer mm -hmm. exposed a little bit on what they're doing to help these veterans, yeah. to One help the, our reserves. We do a couple things. Number one, the, like I say, the, the probably the most prestigious award that means something to me is when the, when the service member puts in their employer. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a Patriotic Supervisor Award. And when that comes down, we actually go out and as a delegation with the, the local ESGR reps and do a presentation. Can we go with employer. you next time? Yeah, that's fine. Give me a call and, and contact And me I'll tell you another me. thing we do that yeah. if you go in many offices around Prescott, you'll see already, is that we go out to the business and if they say, yes, we're behind you and yes, uh, we're going to comply with the federal laws with the Guard and Reserve members that are in our employment. We give them what's called a statement of support. Mm -hmm. And you'll go around in any of the offices here, you see many of them. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually signed by the Department of Defense Secretary, and then they're signed by the general who is the national uh, representative for ESGR at the Department of Defense and then the employer. And these are the things that we will abide by. And it's nothing more than what you have to abide by under the USERA yeah. law right now. But it's it's something nice too. It it's tells, recognition. Yeah, it you tells know, the community you're supporting yeah, our, exactly. our, our garden And that's what members. I want to do. I, yeah. want to, I want to recognize those people that are, mm -hmm. that are helping our, our reservists and our guards. So let's go back just a little bit. I want to touch one more thing about the volunteers. Mm -hmm. So uh, as a volunteer, somebody who volunteers, how many hours are they talking about? Because again, you know, a lot of retired people, they want to help, but they may not want to throw in 20 hours a week or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, what usually happens is the person who puts in the most hours is usually your chairs. Mm -hmm. you know, so we have four sections in the, in the state of Arizona since I have the northern section. I have everything that happens north of Anthem. Mm -hmm. So if there's any awards, I would pretty well schedule those awards and do it. So a lot of the work. So for a chair, you know, 
and it's you're, it's left up to what you want to do. I put in personally, I can put anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a month in, mm -hmm. but you're not delegated or required in any way as a volunteer to go out and you don't have any quotas on how many statements of support you have to, you know, meet people and try to do. We don't do anything like that. Yeah. Uh, there's enough things going on within the local communities. I mean, now with the veterans, with the uh, uh, Commission on Veterans Initiatives that the mayor here has started, mm -hmm. uh, there's quarterly meetings now for veterans that Pat Kirkendall's involved in and everything. There's so many things happening up here for vets. There's, we have a lot more things we can go to. Yeah. So, and it's up to, we leave it up to the volunteer. We don't place any hardcore expectations, but, uh, you know, like we were in the parade the other day, too, yeah. when they had the Veterans Day Parade. You know, two or three of us would get together, put something together, and get out there and be seen, yeah. you know, and put some time in. So, yeah. but there's no hard set time that you have to commit. Anything is appreciated. Cool. So let's talk about airplane rides. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. one of the things I do is um, twice a year, I do what's called an employer's freedom flight, you know, or boss lift, we'll call it, and I try to take 25 people from the state of Arizona. And since I'm the coordinator, of course, I get to pick them. So mm -hmm. I, usually, I usually take 10 from the Prescott area. Mm -hmm. I usually get four or five from Flagstaff, and then the remainder will be down in the Phoenix or Tucson area. But it'll vary depending yeah. upon who the employers are and so forth. And I have another one coming up. I'm doing it on Thursday, November 21st. And we have several people here. Uh, in the Prescott area that we'll be attending at. Now, these are great flights because they get to go down to the station, the commander comes out, gives them a briefing with a little historical perspective on how the, that Air National Guard unit's been around since Goldwater started it back in 1945 and take them up to, up to date. Okay. Um, we'll do a safety briefing, take them out on a KC-135 tanker, in-flight refueler, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's a military version of a Boeing 707, four-engine jet, big turbofans. Uh, they'll go up and they'll go into a orbit up over northern Arizona, and we'll take on and pass gas to just about any aircraft yeah. that's in the vicinity, but primarily you'll see a lot of F-16s, uh, F-35s, and occasionally we'll get a C-130 or an mm. EC-135, and now those are the ones that. Uh, the big boys. But we won't be we won't be doing any B-52s with civilians on board. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's yeah. one of those uh, it's one of those bucket list things. If yeah. you've never had an opportunity to go on a military aircraft, and what's really unique about it is many of these crews are made up of what we call traditional guardsmen. Mm -hmm. In other words. These guys don't work out there seven days a week or five days a week, right. 40 hours a day. Uh, the boom operator that will be going up on this next flight on the 21st uh, works for USAA, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in their area. So and he'll be lowering the boom and passing gas. The pilots many times are traditional guardsmen too. Mm -hmm. You know, they may work as an airline pilot. They may work as an attorney. Um, you know, they usually have professional jobs, yeah. but again, they have to maintain their certification. So I think people are truly amazed, you know, when they see the level of, of professionalism and mm -hmm. expertise and, and especially the pinpoint accuracy of what they're doing. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's something that uh, we try to do it right. I, I know we give them a certificate as, uh -huh. you know, 
uh, and you know to denote that they went there and I try to go back later on I'll take an eight and a half by ten with everybody in front of the plane right. and go back out and meet with them again yeah. and take them their picture so it's something that it's Make a very event out of it's it. a yeah. very memorable event and it gives them a new appreciation mm -hmm. of what our military folks do out yeah. there yeah. yeah and you know again if we ever need to call them up they're That's ready right. to go and Mm -hmm. And the best trained military in the world. They they absolutely are, yeah. bar none. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, anything else you want to add, Larry? Uh, I kind of run out of questions. Well, no, but I, I always like uh, people to take a look at our website because it's uh, it's got a lot of good things on it. We have drop-down menus uh, uh, with several other things. And I like to also push for our military members that might be watching right now, this is the open enrollment to put your employer in for the Freedom Award. Mm -hmm. uh, we do that from October 31st to December 31st. And very prestigious award. I, I know there are people right now as we speak. Uh, Prescott has been in the running for that in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, one year they, they got in the top 30. Uh, we'd like to see Prescott get in the top 15. Yeah, so for those of you service members out there that are in the Guard or Reserve, put Prescott in for it because they are a deserving city and organization that has been very supportive, not only to our veterans, but our Guard and Reserve members. And many of them, in fact, are employed by the city yeah. of Prescott, the county, yeah. and so on. And I would like to see that become a reality. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool, huh? Yeah. Larry Jacobs, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you coming in, taking your time, talking about this program. Most of all, thank you for your service. Thank you very you much. Um, as always, I always like to say thank you to our serving and our um, past and present serving military. I also like to thank our law enforcement and our fire department for keeping our streets safe. And next week we're going to have, um, actually it's going to be a show about the legalization of marijuana. Oh, that so, ought to be interesting. That'll be an interesting show. So tune in next Friday, 10 o'clock, Prescott Talks. Until then, y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much.